0: Tonight is study number 5 of Genesis chapter 8. We're going to be reading verses 4 and 5. And the ark rested in the seventh month on the seventeenth day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat. And the waters decreased continually until the tenth month. In the tenth month on the first day of the month were the tops of the mountains seen. And I'll stop reading there. Now, in our last study, we discussed um, the word Ararat. It's number 780 in Strong's Hebrew Concordance. And it's found only four times in the Bible. Two times translate as Armenia. Two times translated as Ararat. And we saw that this word in really all four places that is used is uh used in a way by god that identifies with a crushing blow given against types and figures of satan and his kingdom for instance the two times that this word is translated as armenia uh once in second kings and the other in isaiah chapter 37 are both Describing the same event of the king of Assyria who comes against Jerusalem and God fights for his people and 185,000 of the enemy Assyrian army are destroyed. When they awoke in the morning, they were dead men. And then it, we, we read that uh, the king of Assyria fled and his two sons killed him, and then they in turn escaped to the land of Armenia. And that's Ararat. And so we see, as the king of Assyria is as a type and a figure of Satan, his army, 185,000, five times 37 times 1,000, the atonement and the judgment and the completeness of that judgment and the atonement is made as God exacts vengeance against satan and his kingdom and and so the army of the assyrians are destroyed and then the king himself is killed just like pharaoh was killed in the red sea along with the egyptian army and and so uh, again we we see that's a picture of judgment day and the two that killed their father the king of assyria escape to ararat so ararat is involved as a place of refuge or escape it's the uh, the place where a blow is struck against satan and his forces and and then there's rest that's really what these two escape to do to rest from the enemy that they slew in Ararat. Well, then we saw in Jeremiah 51, I'm going to read this verse again. It's the only other place in the Bible that we find the name Ararat in Jeremiah chapter 51. And the whole chapter is discussing God's judgment on Babylon for the vengeance of his temple. And, of course, that came after the Great Tribulation. The Lord turned over, historically, his people Judah to the Babylonians for judgment. But then, once the 70 years was completed, God turned around and judged the king of Babylon and the Babylonians for daring to put forth their hand against God's anointed. Likewise, God judged the corporate church through Satan and his emissaries. Then once the Great Tribulation, the actual Great Tribulation, which lasted for 23 years, was completed on May 21, 2011, God turned around and judged Satan and his forces. And and that's the spiritual meaning of the language here in Jeremiah 51 and here in verse 27. Set ye up a standard in the land, blow the trumpet, among the nations, prepare the nations against her. Call together against her the kingdoms of Ararat, Mini, and Ashkenaz. Appoint a captain against her. Cause the horses to come up as the rough caterpillars. And God calls the kingdoms and what spiritually represent kingdoms, mountains. The Lord calls the mountains of Ararat, Mini, and Ashkenaz against Babylon or against the kingdom of Satan of this world. And that's uh, exactly what we find uh, strongly in view in these first few verses of Genesis 8 where the Lord's anger as he poured out his wrath through the waters was appeased the waters assuaged. God's anger was pacified because his enemies were destroyed. And so the destructive rain from heaven that signified the judgment, the wrath of God was stopped, it returned, and the waters were abated. And we saw that means they decreased. Uh, So um, God's own appeasement Concerning his wrath against Satan and his kingdom, which is made up of all the unsaved inhabitants of the earth is satisfied and that will only happen at the very end of the world. We, you know, we can't think that here God says his wrath through the waters are appeased, pacified, The the waters that typify the wrath of God stop. And that happened at 150 days or five months mark with the flood. And now, as we continue on in Genesis 8, we read of time after that, that this somehow means that God poured out his wrath upon the wicked in the day of judgment beginning on May 21, 2011, for an actual 5 months as we once thought or for a figurative 5 months that has been completed as we once thought with October 7th and then time continues no that's not possible because the 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 wicked of the world are still here still committing sins and these sins would need to be paid for and uh, so the the um finishing touch on God's wrath must be the utter destruction, the annihilation of all the wicked and everything that has been tainted by the curse of sin, the entire creation. So we must understand the five months spoken of in Revelation 9 and the five-month figure that God uh, picks out of the, the overall flood account, these 150 days, as a picture of the entire prolonged judgment. That's why God's wrath assuage, or the water is assuaged and His wrath is appeased. That's why the, the water from heaven is stopped. And, and all of these statements identify with a conclusion to the wrath of God. And, and, and even the ark rested and we saw that word rested identifies once an enemy has been defeated and destroyed as in the book of Esther all the enemies of the Jews were slain so the Jews rested and and, and all of the enemies of God's elect will be slain once judgment day is completed and and again there is this final destruction that we read about in places like second peter chapter 3 So, in other words, as we read about the 150 days, the five-month period, it's information that is helpful to us to assist us in understanding the overall judgment. But time goes on with the flood account, and, and that's because it's a historical parable. And remember, in the Bible... God paints many pictures and, and He's able to give information about one spiritual picture in one verse. And in the very next verse, He can change the spiritual picture to something else. Like, for instance, in Daniel chapter 12, the, the last few verses there, we, we see that happen. And, and so here, there, there is one teaching concerning the 150 days, the five months. but there's also further teaching for a prolonged judgment period and that is the year that Noah, his family and the animals are in the ark, the, uh, they're taking care of the animals over the course of that year has to do with feeding the sheep and likewise the decreasing water. The abating water, and in Genesis 8, 5, the word decreased is the same word translated as abated from verse 3. And the waters abated or decreased continually until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the first day of the month, were the tops of the mountains seen. Now, going from the beginning of the flood, which was the 17th day of the second month, until the first day of the 10th month, given that the months of, of Noah's time were counted as 30-day months, and, and that's how uh, I, I can't see any other way we can understand it, uh, because God does the math for us. 2.17, the flood began, the ark rested on the mountains of Ararat. And then God tells us it's 150 days. And that would work out if each month was a 30-day month. So going from the 17th day of the second month to the first day of the 10th month is a period of 224 days. And 224 can be broken down. To 2 times 4 times 4 times 7. And so we see the number 2 that relates to the caretakers of the Word of God. And are the caretakers of the Word of God in view when we come into the time of judgment? Yes, because God's elect remain on the earth. And then the number 4 is the universal aspect, and it's doubled. Um, or, of course, that could be two times, 2 times 2 times 2 times 2 times 2. And and really emphasize the caretakers of God. But it could be that uh, at least one 4 is in there to point to the worldwide scope, the universal aspect of what's taken place. It affects every human being on the face of the earth. It affects every one of God's elect that is on the face of the earth. And the number 7 has to do with perfection. And perfection is very closely related to completion. So that's one way of counting. And the the other way of counting is from the 17th day of the 7th month, where the Lord told us there was 150 days. And, And if we count from that signpost the 17th day of the 7th month to the 1st day of the 10th month, it is 74 days. And 74 breaks down to 2 times 37. And again, the number 2 relates to the caretakers of the Word of God, God's elect, and the number 37 is a number for judgment. And, And so because everyone else is dead, historically, the focus of the flood from here on out for the duration of the time that they're in the ark will be on those within the ark because there's no one outside the ark that's still alive, nothing, no animal, no person with the breath of life anywhere in the world. It, 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 it's as though God in the 150 days, is basically showing us how he dealt with the unsafe people of the earth. And I think the the significance of the uh, rest of the time in the ark, the rest of the time until they come out, is geared towards the people of God, Noah, his wife, his three sons, their wives, the the clean animals that typify the elect, and even the not clean animals that figure or type of the creation that is to be redeemed, and so the the creation is waiting also for this judgment to complete, and and, and so um, that's why the number two is appearing with this date that the Lord gives us. The the number two is coming up. Because it's pointing to the people of God and the people of God that are still on the earth going through the judgment yet protected through salvation in Christ. As the ark protected everyone that was inside, Christ's salvation protects all the elect that are alive and remain on the earth and and are being brought before God to make a, an appearance before his judgment seat to make manifest that their sins have been paid for. Well, all right, at the end of verse 5, after telling us that the waters decreased continually until the 10th month, in the 10th month, on the first day of the month, were the tops of the mountains seen. So now... On this first day of the 10th month of Noah's 600th year, 74 days after the 150 day period, now at this point, the tops of the mountains can be seen. And they, they had already rested upon the mountains of Ararat, but God is indicating that, um, and, and as far as I know, they they weren't looking out the ark because uh, we we read of the opening of the window in the next verse and and uh, so it doesn't necessarily mean that the people inside the ark saw the tops of the mountains. Only God is indicating that at this point they can be seen. And it's an interesting um situation that's going on because the waters again represent the word of god the word of god that have brought judgment and and the word of god that have destroyed the enemies of the kingdom of heaven and and now the waters are going down they're decreasing continually and they had been 15 cubits above the highest mountain So they've gone down at least 15 cubits and even more so the tops of the mountains can be seen. And this relates, it ties in with the idea of progressive revelation. This is further confirmation to us that as we go through the judgment period, the prolonged spiritual judgment that began on May 21, 2011, that the Word of God, and again, the waters typify the Word of God, the Word of God will reveal certain information. Now, now, here's the first thing it's revealing. As the waters decrease, the tops of the mountains and and of course the water will continually from here and from this point on go further down further down further down all the way down the mountain till you get to um, the 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 plains and and the level ground and 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 all the water finally will be off the earth and everything that the waters had hidden. You see how that fits in with um, how God speaks of the Bible, or spoke of it uh, as he said to Daniel, Seal up the word. Seal up the waters until the time of the end. And at the time of the end, they will be unsealed. That is, the waters will reveal. And as the waters are going down, 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 abating, decreasing, getting ever lower, they are revealing mountains and an earth. Now the, the, the Bible speaks of uh, the world prior to the flood as a first earth, a first earth. And once Noah and everyone on board the ark departs or disembarks and they come out of the ark and they go on to the dry land, that is what the Bible already reckons to be a second earth. Now, of course, that's the same earth we live on today, and that's the earth that God's going to destroy. But the figure, the spiritual figure... It, that 17th day of the second month, judgment came. May 21, 2011, judgment came. And they go through the long period of judgment. And then they come out of the ark, the safety of Christ's salvation. And that is picturing, typifying God's elect that are, uh, freed. They, they're, um, uh, they're, they're given a new resurrected body and it's joined together with their soul and they will finally, when this is all done with, be exalted and be placed on a new heaven and a new earth. In other words, once judgment day is finished, once this world is destroyed and the whole creation, the Bible is very clear God will create or recreate a new heaven and a new earth. So, the people of God who are resurrected and raptured, they go right from this dying and then annihilated creation into this newly formed world, this newly formed creation that God will create at that point, and they will live forevermore. That's the promised land. That's the land that was spoken of to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that the Bible has long promised will be given to the seed, which first of all points to Jesus. Then, secondly, to all those in Christ are counted for the seed. So we will be placed upon the promised land of the new heaven and the new earth. Therefore, the decreasing waters are revealing, as they go down every inch, every foot, every level that they, uh, they go less and less, there's less water covering this new earth. It's a picture of, of the revelation of the new heaven and the new earth. And in other words, it's the Bible's information that will confirm, that will um, validate, it, it will point to, it will let those on the ark know that the new earth is almost here. The new heaven and new earth is almost ready. You're almost ready to get out of the ark, which means the prolonged judgment is over, and enter into the promised land that God has spoken of for millennium. And and yet at this point, on the first day of the tenth month of Noah's 600th year, it's just the tops of the mountains that are seen. Again, what does mountain or mountains represent in the Bible? Kingdoms. Kingdoms. And the word tops is Strong's number 72, 18. It's a word that's translated as head or heads or chief. And it's also a word that's translated as Beginning. In Proverbs chapter 8, it says in uh, verse 23, I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever the earth was. The beginning of the earth is in view there. Of course, that's referring to wisdom. But, but, uh, you see, there, there, there was uh, a beginning of the earth and it uh, the foundation of the earth that's when Christ was slain and his death uh, in eternity past formed the basis for the foundation of this world and the world to come and, and so uh, here we read that wisdom was set up from the beginning from the top from the top we could read that Also, in Numbers, chapter 28, it says in verse 11, and this is the plural form, and in the beginnings of your months, you shall offer a burnt offering unto Jehovah. And that's the same word. In the beginnings. And and so here in Genesis on the first day of the 10th month were the beginnings of the mountains or the beginnings of the kingdoms of God. The, the beginnings were seen. And uh, remember, uh, as far as the plural idea of mountains or kingdoms, remember what we read in Revelation 11. In the day of judgment, in Revelation 11 and in verse 15, and the seventh angels sounded and there were great voices in heaven saying the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. The kingdoms, the mountains of this world are become "...the kingdoms of our Lord Jesus Christ, and he shall reign." So, the ability to see the beginnings of the kingdoms points to the new heaven, the new earth, the eternal reign of the Lord Jesus Christ, as he will reign forever In that glorious new creation over his people and they, his people will thankfully serve the Lord God forever and ever. And, and so here we're seeing, we're seeing the beginning stage of a revelation of an, uh, well, I would say unearthing, but it's not that. It's, it's a waters, um, as they, come down they're going to reveal the full mountains the full kingdom the new earth thanks for joining us for e-bible fellowship's evening bible studies you can hear these studies monday through friday over paul talk skype e-bible fellowship's webcast audio or over your phone